The number you have dialed three, has been changed. One, the new number three, is... What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bad With Names. I'm your host, Don Will, and I believe my apartment is trying to kill me. Um, the heat is on. The radiators are turned on, which is good news because it's winter, but it's bad news because it's hot as fuck in my apartment. Um, that's a weird thing to complain about, but, bruh, this shit is ridiculous. If I open the windows, it'll let all the cold air in and my radiator will just kind of cut off because of whatever but what i've taken to doing is draping wet towels over it to humidify the air and also like tamp down the heat because i read up on them and they work via i think air circulation so when air gets in the little spaces and under it um you know it heats up but when the airflow is blocked it stops and i read on the internet from several people that they put towels over there two hot radiators and it calmed things down i can't tell the difference all i know is that this apartment is trying to kill me and it literally killed my plant like i'm pretty sure well lack of water probably killed the plant but yeah man it's it's not looking good for lucy juanita juanita passed a while ago but lucy man lucy is on her last leaves right now and I kind of want to just sit her outside so I don't have to watch her die, but a part of me wants to just see what happens as she dies. But I don't think I could bring her back. I can try. But I really think it's the end of the road, and I'm sad about that. Um, so, Don Dub's pet, pet plants are doing too well. Hashtag Don Dub's pet plants on Instagram. Sad. Uh, uh, Lucy died. Or started dying while I was home for Thanksgiving. I went home for the break. And that's why we didn't have an episode last week. Because my rigorous travel schedule. Uh, the Sunday when I would typically record the episode. I was taking a bus to Virginia to drop off my daughter. From which I took a plane to Brooklyn. And then took a cab home. Sat down for two hours. Then rode my bike to my weekly DJ gig at Friends and Lovers. In Crown Heights, where I played R&B and we ate pizza. It was a good time. Uh, We're doing that tonight, too. And, yeah, so that rigorous travel schedule, man, it kept me from putting out a podcast episode. And then, you know, a week passed with no water. My plant was already looking bad before I left, so what do you expect? But the holidays were good. I was in great spirits in Cincinnati. I had um, a lot of fun with my family and friends. Uh, we had three dinners. We had the welcome home, Don. Good to see you. Dinner at my mom's house with, my, with the welcome home, Don. Dinner at my mom's house with my, with my. Why do I keep getting a lisp when I say with my sisters, with my sisters and all my my family? You know, we ate. Then we had Thanksgiving, which we ate at six p.m. We're a late eating family, and that has been the norm for my whole life, and I really don't understand it. And it's bothered me my whole life, and I bring it up every year. I've even instituted an hors d'oeuvres campaign that my family really enjoys, but nothing. We just don't eat until late. I mean, you get to you get to do other things. So I get to I got to go to my friend Alex's house and hang out with him, see his mom, eat some cookies. But still, like it's four p.m., we should be eating, man. I shouldn't be starving at four but whatever and then we had a fish fry on the next day and man listen 
I don't want to see another piece of meat right now. It's all about kale. I'm putting kale in everything. If they have kale-flavored ice cream, I'll have to go to that instead of my normal salted caramel talenti, which I really fucking love. It's so good. But, um, yeah, outside of eating a lot of food, I also did a cool DJ gig with uh, DJ Pillow, DJ Rare Group, and April Rain. The spot called... They, they, they throw a party called Selectus Choice, and they pretty much blend against one another. You know, like they'll... One will play a one will play a record, then the other will play a record, then they rotate and they like they just do like this live mix with each other, and it's so dope. And I got to jump in the rotation, and let me tell you, man, it was a lot of fun, um, whole lot of fun. I did mess up my first song. I let out with Ja Rule, and I apologize to whoever was there and was not expecting to hear Ja Rule, but I fuck with Ja, and sometimes I wonder what would Ja do. And in the face of all of this tragedy, I'm not even going to take it there. You know what I'm saying? It's That's a very serious thing. and There's no jokes about that. But um, it was a dope party. And I had a really good time. And if you're ever in Cincinnati at the last Saturday of the month, head on out to Selectors Choice and see what's popping. You'll have a good time. Um, yeah, and that, that DJ gig was literally the night before I flew back to Cincinnati. So I DJed until 2 went and said peace to my friends went home slept for like two hours then went to the airport in at 5 30 and almost missed my flight it was the most insane travel schedule i haven't had travel schedules that bad since like tours really rough tours but man listen not gonna be doing that again all flights afternoon when flying with a, a child all flights afternoon um but now i'm back in brooklyn back to some of my routines some of my routines were robbed from me um not robbed from me my life is changing a little bit and some of the things that i used to do i don't get to do anymore i'm being kind of vague for a reason because i don't want to tell you motherfuckers all my business but things are a little different for me now and you know i'm a man of routine i love routine like even drinking my coffee while I podcast right now it's too hot in my apartment to drink a hot cup of coffee and it's really throwing me the fuck off outside of wanting that energy boost I just like to have my coffee while I podcast and it's too hot in here to do it so that's kind of making me sad I, de- I-, I sad easy I depress easy and it's making me a little sad to be honest um and, you know, small things become overwhelming. So something as simple as my coffee not being able to be consumed right now will lead me down a, a rabbit hole of thinking about all the other things that are changing in my life. I'm like, oh, man, everything's in the topsy-turvy. It's so cold. I can't even ride my bike. I hate my life. My apartment is dragging that cow back. But, you know, it's a small thing. And life goes on. And in the grand scheme of things, you're not who you were two years ago or four years ago. So why should you be who you were a week ago? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes change is gradual. Sometimes it's rapid. But it's happening at, at all at all times. So man up, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Um, what else? I was supposed to play in a basketball game. And that got canceled. Um, but I don't play basketball at all. So this would have been one of those lives come at you fast, rapid changes kind of things. Where I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna jump start my, um, you know, my physical fitness. 
I did all that eating over Thanksgiving. I may as well run around, dribble a ball, suck at doing that. But I didn't get to do it because um, something happened with the venue they were holding it at. So instead of playing basketball, I hit the streets with the families of Ramarley Graham and Akai Turley and Eric Garner. And we marched. We marched from the base of the Brooklyn Bridge all the way down to Barclays, where we held seven minutes of silence and had a sit-in die-in. Then we proceeded to march back over the Manhattan Bridge. And then we had another sit-in die-in at that big intersection where Chinatown meets the Manhattan Bridge. Then we marched from there all the way to One Police Plaza. And um, I don't know how I figured I could play basketball because I could barely fucking do all that walking and wake up the next day and walk around again. Yo, my foot is still hurting. Seriously. Like, my body is in a serious state of decay. I need to work on that. I need to start doing push-ups jog a little bit something when i was riding my bike all summer i was kind of in better shape but this is not cool um what else isn't cool is police brutality and i'm not trying to make light of it i'm not trying to diminish its importance but i'm also not trying to discuss it not right now at least i can't fully articulate my feelings I can't fully articulate my emotions. I can tell you that I've had several horrible encounters with the police. I can tell you I've been detained. I can tell you they've tried to plant shit on me. I can tell you I've been stopped and frisked in front of my own apartment. I can tell you a million other things that um, have happened to me personally. And I can also tell you that something has to change. And I don't know when it will, but I know that it's going to be a slow process because the nation is indoctrinated in fear of black people in fear of black males and police officers tend to enforce that fear and and, and wield it Um, and in turn I'm terrified of the police like I'm literally terrified of the police like in the same way my daughter's scared of the dark or or scared of I don't know stuffed taxidermied animals I have this same fear of the police like it's ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I've, I've, I've taped this segment, this particular part of me talking about the protests and police brutality. I've done it at least at least six times. And it's just becoming more jarbled. And it's just becoming more cluttered with ideas. And this is why I don't want to discuss it. Because I can't fully wrap my head around what to say other than it's fucked up I feel you and I honestly want motherfuckers to tear this country up every day until it stops that's all I want like burn this bitch the fuck down seriously I don't know I don't know what that's gonna bring about I don't know what it's gonna change I know it means that you can't go to your auto zone and fucking get an oil change or whatever you need but I know that we gotta something has to happen something's gotta give and it might be ignorant to, to, to call to action people to tear up their communities or tear up other people's communities. But you cannot tell me that I should feel afraid when I walk out of my house to go get on the train and I see a police officer. You shouldn't tell me. You can't tell me that that fear is right. That that fear is how I'm supposed to feel or how my, my daughter's supposed to feel or how anybody is supposed to feel. Because I feel that fear. And it's deep and it's entrenched. And it's, it's, it's been there ever since the first time I was arrested. So, with that, I'm going to now try and drink 
this coffee. I think it's cooled down enough to where it's consumable. I'm going to let you guys enjoy the interview I did with Elias. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Let's get into it. What's up, Elias? What's up, nigga? I'm here with Elias, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, yeah, I don't know how to start. I don't know how to start these conversations off. But, yo, so let's talk about music, man. Let's just talk about music. What's that? Because you just played me some shit. You, uh, you played me some new shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know... You sent me a Vaughn an email the other day, and the email said, <laughs> "I don't want to put you. I'm not gonna put you on pressure." No, you me, but the email said, like, you know, I, I, it said I'm out, of, I'm out of love with hip hop or some shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's, it is not like, and this is the, this is how I break it down. Like, it's, it's not about me disliking hip hop, but it's kind of like you come up in your parents' house. You know what I'm saying? Like that's always home. Every time I. Every time I go to my parents' house to this day, I'm still feeling like it's home. Like, you know, I love it. It's comfy. It's cozy. But it's like time when you go out and become a man and it's time to innovate and build your own home with your own rules and, like, your own group of friends and reality that pass through that home. So it's like, that's what I'm, like, where I'm at musically. I feel like Mama Hip Hop taught me a lot of shit. So I feel like it's time for me to go out and build on the shit that Mama Hip Hop taught me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I can clearly say the stuff that I'm doing. Well, it's weird. Like, a few of the more progressive artists that I've let hear some stuff, they're like, what do you mean? That's just hip hop. I mean, yeah, it, it has rap in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It has rap elements. But, like, the mainstream listeners is like, oh, yeah, you on some other shit. You know what I'm saying? At a certain point, though, man, like, you... Not only you, but artists, they, you deviate from whatever your influence, you, like you, you learn new shit, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's not even about repeating the same steps over and over again. Yeah, yeah, because like, you, you learn that shit, like, I feel like I'm, I'm really good at that boom bap shit. I, I love me some fucking boom bap, like. But do you want to make it? No. <laughs> well, no. But, I was, well, no, because this is the other thing, too. Like, you, you have several albums done that you let me hear. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, a, one of them is a boom bap joint. It's yeah. straight, and that shit's raw as fuck. And the other one is not a boom bap joint. And I like that one more than the boom bap album you got. Yeah. And I've, I've been... I've, yeah, I've been, been very vocal about vigilant, it. Vigilant. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, in the boom bap one, it's dope, but the other one feels more like the dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, the dude who I know. So, I feel like... I don't know. What, what do you... What do you think you're gonna do? You think you'll put out? You gonna put them all out still? With a boom bap joint, I'll talk to you about this. But you don't have to. You we, don't have to. You don't have to like. Well, no. After we put out the, after we shit. put out the legendary shit, I would like to put that out. You know what I'm saying? Like after yeah. legendary drops, because it's like I even mentioned it in the intro. You know what I'm saying? You saw the visuals to it. Well, you know you gotta talk to Drummerside, Brick Beats, and Von P about this legendary album dropping. <laughs> oh hell. They all mixing down their own joints, huh? They like you know they they're the three oh, main okay. producers. Oh, okay. So, well, we'll, we'll talk about that off off record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, I want to put that out. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the album is two parts because I feel like a 20 song album is too long nowadays. So I split it in two parts. Yeah. So. But Yo, like, you know Eminem just put out a fucking 30 track album? Yeah, it was crazy. I ain't even like, got through the first CD yet. 
I have no. I didn't. I haven't got through the first second. I'm not even gonna play it. He's spitting. I mean, of course he's fucking Eminem. He, Eminem, like the whole everybody on that bitch is spitting. I don't have thirty tracks worth of time in my day. I mean, I do. I just, I'm just not really interested. Well, no, it's you know like it's so much coming at you through multimedia nowadays. Yeah, you like know? I would rather, I would rather see, hear it in other ways. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me, like see a video, like see a fucking, uh, I don't know, like anything other than sitting down with a 30 track album. That shit sounds like a nightmare to me. You yeah. Know what I'm yeah. But yeah. like, and it's funny, so I dug up, I was looking on my hard drive for some shit and I found the, the Beat Thieves 2. I was like, man, we put out a, a 30 song mixtape. That shit. And it has like four different versions of mixes on it. I know, right? Yeah, that shit is crazy. I mean, but the music on there was crazy. But you know what? Like, and that's what fucks with me. It's like, I don't know. It's like my relationship with hip hop. I feel like when we did Beat These Two at Brooklyn Natty, I was just in love with hip hop. Like, I was just eating and breathing hip hop. Shit, Beat These One, even, The Moonlight, like all that shit. So it's like me now. Instead of, I feel like I'm not being genuine. I'm like trying to revisit a moment that isn't yeah. me anymore. It's like, and and it's and it's deeper than revisiting a moment for me on a, like a spiritual like growth level as an adult. It's like me being afraid to let go of that old person I was and become who I'm supposed to be. Like I I want to dive back and and I, and I can mimic myself well, but when I hear it, I, it sounds like mimicry. Whereas yeah. like. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like you know how people say Hobson sounds like Eminem. I sound like a lot of times I'm doing a bad impression of Ilias or Tanya Morgan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like real talk, and that's just, and, and that's just me being honest. It sounds like, and I could I could, and the funny thing is me knowing you, I could probably spot a verse where you feel like I could probably be like oh Ilias, this yeah. this is yeah. But like that shit, that side down, that shit was like side my new. Down. That was and that's that's I went from Ilias to L. That shit, I was like, okay, this this, this is, is the, me where I am now. And that's the dude who I hear on the album that's not the Boom Bap album. Yeah, that's the, I'm like, that's why I love that shit because yeah. it's like, you know. And I whatever. feel like I feel like the new Ilias or IL is better than than what I used to be. But it's like well, I, the thing that brings out. The thing that I enjoy rhyming over is not the same style of production. Yeah. Every now and then, like a boom bap beat will grab me, and and you know. But right now, I'm just feeling like EDM, and I've been feeling EDM for a moment. Like I ain't no bandwagon, nigga. You can ask Don. <laughs> like I've been on this shit for years. Like been like sitting there like certain beats, especially like when I was fucking with Obsidian Blue. You know what I mean? Yo, Obsidian. Yeah, I, I went back and listened to some of those tracks. The um, that shit is electronic, um, bro. What is that shit we had? Sunrise. Do 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 da da. Oh, that that was Obsidian. That was suburb. Yeah, that was suburb. suburb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suburb. Sorry, suburb. Oh, I, yeah. What up? Seven Eleven. He, he's on. He's on. He's on. Uh, on Twitter as Working Michael. We talk to each other. Oh, for real? Yeah. He's I gotta dope. add him. He's dope. But uh. Uh, what was I about to say? Um, the Obsidian Blue was uh, Sunrise. I can see it yeah. in my eyes. No, 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 that was a that was Suburb. Oh, Suburb is just one of my favorite niggas. Yeah. <laughs> Obsidian Blue was Obsidian uh, Blue. Did, no, he did uh, Ormus. That Ormus shit you were yeah, doing. Yeah, and he did um, 
Attention Deficit Disorder, the ADD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but his shit was definitely less, it, it was it was like a gateway drug from hip-hop. Yeah. I guess for you. Because uh, an Obsidian, I mean, it was not Obsidian, Suburb for me was more of a bridge between the beat scene shit that's going on now and Bone Bap. You know what I'm saying? Like the Flying Lotus kind of shit. Yeah, like he was. He predated all of that shit for me. Like yeah, it, it, it was. There were a lot of suburb beats when I did. I used that, to uh, get goosebumps listening to his beats. When I did suburban sprawl, there were joints that I just didn't rap over because I'm just like, uh, this is just good enough to be the song. Like mm. I don't want to rap over this shit. So I feel like for both of us, like there was a point it just diverged. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause even with my shit, you no, know, I. I think I try shit more. I, I, I'm like a sponge, artistic sponge. I feel like some of your best shit is the shit you did way before TM. Like when what? you was in your like kind of Dr. Octagon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cool Keith shit. Yeah, yeah. Making your own beats and talking to different personalities and fucking pitches and shit. Like, I, back then, I remember thinking that shit was super creative. Like, I was just like, damn. It's funny because I'm okay. So I was thinking, I thought about this the other day. I'm I'm so far from that person, yeah. and it's so hard. Like it's, it's and it's funny you say recreate a moment because I think about this all the fucking time. If I was as if I was as active as I was back then and as creative as I was, if I was as active as I was as I am now and creative as I was back then, you're fucking crazy. Like we were we were like doing a lot of hey, shit. But you know what? You know what though? Like on some real shit, I don't think we're any less creative. Per se, but I feel like a lot of that as you as you grow older and more mature and more conscious as like a, a spiritual being, you realize that a lot of that energy that you put into your music, you can actually put into your life. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. You can put in a raising raising your child or like yeah, like you could you, instead of just creating a song, you can create new situations and opportunities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I don't fault. Jay Z, like I love. Yeah, that's that's one of the most eloquent <clears throat> what, ways I've ever heard that put, man. Straight up and down. Oh, thank you. Like for real, like yeah. no seriously, because I've always wondered about how as you age, aging gracefully with your art. Because when you when you're young and just trying shit, like you don't like okay when you make your first song, you don't even know what you sound like or how people are gonna receive it. But once people love your shit, like after Brooklyn Addy, we were like, all right, people expect something. We have to feed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of us, yeah. individually and as a group, it was like, yo, so how do we feed that? You know what, though? That was a lot of motherfucking pressure, bro. <laughs> no, yo. Yo, because you know what? It, it wasn't, it wasn't contrived. It was like a moment in time, like, we were all in different places. I remember, like, most of Brooklyn Natty, a lot of people were just like, had a lot of respect for me as an artist when I, but like, when they were like, yo, you dope on the mic, I appreciated that shit, but like, I wrote those verses because I had this shitty ass warehouse job because I mean, between tours, I mean, what you gonna get? Ain't nobody gonna give you nothing solid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Despite my degree and all of that shit. So it's like, I'm in a warehouse and the only thing that I have that I'm able to really uh, do it's fucking, I don't, I don't even, oh, listen to my Walkman. That's all I, they would allow me to do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would write verses in job. my head. Like, I couldn't walk around while I'm stocking the warehouse writing down rhymes. So I had to go around Jay-Z style all day. I would just have a beat from Brooklyn Natty playing and repeating my headphones. And I would write the verse in my fucking head. 
and it's like if I forgot a line I wouldn't care because it's like if I can't remember something that I thought up it's not worth spitting anyway you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying so like and that was my experience with Brooklyn Natty like when you hear that shit like that's like those verses were written while I was walking around stocking a fucking warehouse it's one of the shittiest the most miserable jobs I ever had but it was also like those verses would not have been that fire if I was like let's say our you know our situation was better and I had more guap in my pocket. If I was sitting at home writing new verses, yeah, it wouldn't have. The, so yeah. for, for me, the thing with Brooklyn Addy, Brooklyn Addy was my was my um, diction vendetta. Like I think you might remember this. I, I was like, I want every word in my verses to be understood. Like people couldn't understand what the fuck I was saying. Yeah. Because of my accent and because I have like a lazy ass tongue, so I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna over enunciate words or yeah. lose my accent. Blah blah blah. So for me. Brooklyn Addy was about purifying moonlighting. Yeah. And I swear to God, I, like when Brooklyn Addy hit and motherfuckers loved it, I was like, okay, well, that's it. I don't have any more musical goals. <laughs> like, not even no more musical goals because it's like, but you remember like, our, it was like we want to get rated in the source, we want a video on MTV, we want to blah, blah, well, blah, blah, well, blah, blah, blah. It, it was like, for us, Brooklyn Addy, being that we were like, we were arriving at this point, especially after like the MySpace XM shit. It was a lot of shit popping for us. Woo! MySpace XM Vegas, yeah, nigga. I still got those videos. <laughs> don't but, even don't but, even do that to us. But, don't uh, even do <laughs> but uh, I mean, my shit is my shit is uh, the statute of limitations on my shit's the past, but yeah. Whatever. But but I mean, it was just like it was this clash between art and it was. The business of music and music. That yeah. that was what the clash was between. It was like and it, it was it was it was a tug of war like on all of us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like shit on my album when that's that song I got called Goodbye. I talk about like the struggles that we face when we're torn, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like when it comes to like art and the your art being successful, it's it's hard when you have like other things because at that point in time I, I was the only one with a kid you know what i'm saying yeah. so me i'm more so thinking like to do what other some of our other contemporaries did you know what i'm saying like as i always say the west coast tanya morgan and my minds was like the packed Pack dead in, niggas right. you know what i'm saying and they went like to a, a label but i remember like you know we went through like bumped heads a little bit about fucking with a major but at the end of the day, I respect it because of, like, the learning experience that, like, came through that. You know what I'm saying? And, like, what I also learned about myself is the reason it, it wasn't about going to a major. The reason I got frustrated, it had nothing to do with Tanya Morgan. It had everything to do because the stuff that I'm doing now is what I wanted to do then. Yeah, I, and I remember... You know what I'm like, like, I, I sold out. Like, that was me selling out, like... Well, to do it, like, to do... Because uh, I remember at one point, yeah. you were upset that you felt like you were being censored. You you couldn't, like... You know what I'm saying? Not really... You felt like you were like, yo, this ain't... This, well, like, you were getting shut down and being censored in some, in some respect. Well, it, 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 there was a certain aesthetic to... You know, Tanya Morgan. With no, the, there's definitely with, a certain aesthetic to the point yeah. where, to the point where, when I do, when we, when we would go do shows, "Love Junkie" is the last song we do because mm -hmm. it fits nowhere any, it fits nowhere in the, in yeah. the, the other catalog. So it's just like, yeah. all right, we rap now's a party. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, like I feel you, I feel you. 
So like, it, it it was a learn. It was a growth experience for me. Like I don't even look at it as just music. It was like a growing experience for me, and like, it's it's just funny too. It's like when I don't know. I see Tanya Morgan like as our mama. You know what I'm saying? Like as a mother. I don't like even see it like as a group. And it's like when you're not happy being a mama's house and based on her rules, it's like, do you fuss with her <laughs> about them rules or do you get uh, your own spot? Get your own spot. Yep, exactly. Mama, I want to smoke weed and fuck in the house. Like, nah, nigga, get your own spot, nigga. So it's like when there were certain things that I wanted to do creatively that were conflicting with the group, like, I, I understand. You know what I'm saying? It's like I can always speculate and be like, oh, things would have gone like A, B, or C. Like if we had done certain things that way. But like I feel like had y'all just gone along with what I wanted to do, y'all would have just been the upset niggas. Yeah. Like I, in a lane that you weren't unfamiliar with and uncomfortable with. And that's like any group, there's compromise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Any group, there's compromise. Like, like for instance... When you look at my most recent project, Don Speaks, there was, um, like, that, in a sense, in all honesty, yeah. to be totally honest, that was me doing something opposite of Rubber Souls. Like, if you think yeah. about the projects, cause we were, I was recording that at the same time as we were recording Rubber Souls. So I'm just like, yo, this fucking, what up, Six, I love you, but this fucking, like, R&B Neo soul rap shit. You know, I can't. You keep. know. You know what I heard. Like when I heard Rubber Souls, man. Like, cause you know I like heard it upon release. You know what I'm saying. So. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't get any sneak. No. Oh, no. oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I just felt like you about to set the world on fire right now, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm fucking, I, I'm fucking no, with you. I'm fucking with you. No, I felt like y'all had got good at being Tanya Morgan. Which at the same time kind of hurt what made us Tanya Morgan. You know what I'm saying? Because it was mm. like we were always about being edgy, but then we settled into like a box of what we thought the people wanted. And I was just like, damn, like, this is so comfortable. I don't, was, I, I didn't hear, I didn't hear, I, I, which it might be good because it was a contrast because it was like more so about like synergy as opposed to, competition like you hear the early Tanya Morgan records nigga we going for each other's throats bro but you remember the early Tanya Morgan records was me in your basement with you yeah and yeah. you know we have a history of just fucking being toe to toe you yeah. know what I'm saying like, like lyrically I would like freestyle yeah. shit we would just be like like fighting the rap you yeah. know what I'm saying like yeah. literally fighting the rap and fighting while we rap you know what I'm saying like it was some steel sharp, sharp and steel shit yeah. whereas rubber soles we would come to the studio we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't write anything. Did you hear oh, what you just said? What? That's a, that undercover MC shit. Sharpened steel versus rubber soles. There you go. The yin and yang. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like real talk. Yo, yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna take a break real quick. I'm gonna take a quick break. All right. Come right back. All right. So you want to break up with your girlfriend, or you don't know what to do about your landlord, or maybe you just want to know how to get into the rap game. If you need advice, I can give it to you. 
do this. Email me at bwnpodcast at gmail.com for a new segment I'm starting called Horrible Advice. But trust me, the advice isn't that bad. What I'll do is I'll give you good advice and bad advice, and you can choose to take which one you want. But I'll at least give you options. Sometimes I'll even let my guest answer the questions with me, so you'll get input from two not one experts at everything i'm dead serious hit me up at bwnpodcast at gmail.com with any questions you need advice on and i'll take care of it because i'm pretty much a genius who knows everything and if you're an advertiser hit me up as well at the same email address because this space is definitely for rent and it could be yours I'll make sure to have the email address listed in the show description and follow us on Twitter at BWN Podcast. That's the Twitter handle. The same as the Gmail address. All right. Let's get back to the show. Uh, uh. Boom, boom, boom. Um, but I don't remember. What were we talking about? We were talking about a hard and steel and rubber sole. Yeah, okay. So basically, we were talking about. We, it was going back to just the, the ante Forgive days. the belting. We drank in beers. We just bought a sixer. <laughs> but it was going back to the ante day. Like, like, I remember, man, we used to... Their videos... I wish I had these, these videotapes of us freestyling. Oh, man. bro. I, I got some somewhere. I got Wait. Hold up. Hey, actually, up. I got a shoebox full of that shit, nigga. We'll check it out after this shit. <laughs> yeah. But, yo, so, better question. Did you like Rubber Souls as an album? You can be totally honest, because I'll be you know, I'm honest with you. You know what I'm saying? In general, in the spectrum of music, yes. But for my brothers, no. Like, for, okay. for Don Will and Von P, like, nah. Because it's like, I know what y'all are capable of. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard half-finished songs. I've heard beats that Von never put out. I've heard your shit since... For like the past fucking 20 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's yeah. real talk. I've heard the shit you recorded for the past 20 years. So like I have a different perspective. It's like, you know, the, the fan. like you, uh, you're, This is the thing. And this is what I tell people. Like you're not in the group, but you are in the group. Yeah. Like, like I, Tanya Morgan's not so much a rap group as we are collective. We're just a crew that decided to do music together. And you was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And like whatever, like we. So now it's. I mean, now it's just basically you're still there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we still talk. Like the funniest shit was one day we were in Seattle, and this dude walked up to me after a show, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Hey man, y'all don't get along, do y'all? You could be honest with me. You could be upfront, man. You don't fuck with Ilya." Nah, nah, nah. And I was just like, I, wait, I was, I was like, nah. What are you talking about? Like we were literally texting. Like uh, like that day like I'm gonna come clean. Let me come clean. Like everybody like to hit me up on Facebook, the fans. I just said it was creative differences, but like real talk. Let me tell y'all some real shit. Talk to them. Chicago. <laughs> let me tell y'all some real shit. Chicago. Like, you can't nigga shout out city. Chicago. We had a show with Blue. Um, mm. And the thing was, it was like I have a son. You know what I mean? And like. In the early days when you like doing music and shit, like shit is not always sweet on the road with promoters and so forth. So my Especially mo- at our pay grade for music. Oh don't talk about that. I'ma get into that. Like so there are a few missteps during that tour as far as like shady promoter shit, right? So I was hanging on by like a thread as far as, you know, doing man shit like paying your child support. So my mama left a message. While we had one of the best shows of our life, like lying around the block, 
you know what I'm saying, in Chicago at a premier, like, real hip-hop spot. You know what I'm saying? Sub-T. I think it was Sub-T. So my mom was like, I'm just calling and tell you to have a good show, but just give me a call as soon as you get up in the morning. And that's mama, so when she tells me to call, like, in the morning I call, and she tells me, Ilias, I was like, what? You got a letter in the mail saying that your license has been suspended because you fell behind on child support. That's that Ohio shit, fucking Republican-dominated Ohio. So that fucked with me. Like it, it like it, it put it threw me in this position, like where I'm kind of living the dream, but it's like my responsibilities that caught up with me as a man. Like yeah, like like not even a responsibility, but like like basically your manhood. Like came into like like your morality, your morality, your integrity, yeah. all that shit came into question because it's not even about oh, fuck child support. It's about oh shit, yeah. I got yeah. And it was like every dime I was making was going to like child support, and it was like that tour was supposed to get me straight. But like some of our biggest checks, the promoters were like, "Yo, the sponsors they getting that that shit late." Heineken, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna beat that out. Yeah. <laughs> I was sensing that shit, my nigga. Because if Heineken want to cut a check, yeah. <laughs> but like it's, it's nah, like fuck, it's, fuck But I mean, it's it's realities like that that a lot of people don't know about. Like they just assume that it's just because I want to fucking run around and turn into like I don't know Andre three thousand or be a Beyonce. Nah, it wasn't about that. It was like I'm facing this reality, and if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to as a father. It's like there has to be compromise. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like either I can fucking stress my group to fuck with a label that they didn't want to because of my own issues, because I chose to like be intimate with a woman and like have a child. You know what I'm saying? Or I could be a man and just be back up and be like, yo, like I'm tapping out right now. Like I. I just can't do it and like also there's another kind con- a lot of conflicts that a lot of fans don't know so as a result of that reality <clears throat> i got jobs and shit got a good job decent job so i can't tour as much as i typically can it was like well i can do yeah. shows on weekends so all right so me i'm not thinking like and it's just me being a humble nigga it's not like i don't know like well, basically, I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, Don and Vaughn go because they had a stronger online presence. The fans like nobody would, be fine. would give a fuck if you went. Yeah. Like, not nobody would give a fuck, but it's like, oh. Yeah, like, cool. they'd be like, cool, like, I got Don and Vaughn. The promoters were salty as fuck. Yeah, it didn't go. When, so, it didn't, when it I, didn't, yeah, it didn't go. Like, over yo, so we well. got Tanya Morgan. We didn't get two thirds of we weren't, we weren't even telling niggas. We were just showing up. Yeah. Because so. we understood what was we, Like, we were like, fuck. So, like, like at the time, it was good. We had a mediator, like our manager. He just kept it all the way 100. And I, and I wasn't mad, like, at the time. Like I will when, say this. When he was, like, he mediated. And I don't know. Like, that in retrospect, like, they, there might have been some other compromise. That Wait, that, com- that com- you talking about that conversation we had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say this. That conversation and that, me- like, me, me and Alex are strong. We good. I talked yeah. to him. I was just at his birthday. But... That conversation in general, it was weird because it wasn't just us three on the phone. Well, you know what? You know what I'm saying? I, I said I say that because I say that because it's I, almost like if I get married and me and you are having an argument and I get married to somebody like six months 
And I'm like, yo, she's about to handle but our business. But you know what? He, Alex was the business mind. Like, he, he, wasn't. Like he all, kept we, we have all these emotional ties because we family. But Alex was the only person in the situation that was objective. And being that he was able to be objective. And I tr I was the one that fucking brought Alex in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I trusted his judgment. And when he said, like, yeah, bro, this is, like, hurting me as far as booking shows for Tanya Morgan. Like, if you don't know whether or not you could make it to a show. And then the promoters are fucking, you know, promoters talk. And if the promoters are saying, like, yo, they keep showing up without Ilias. Like... He was like, that hurts my ability to book shows. So I was like, I had to fall back. You know what I'm saying? And and I wasn't, I was hurt by the fact of the reality, not so much like creative differences. Like, oh shit, I love rocking. You know, I love traveling. Yeah. I love seeing those fans that like love all this, that music we put out there. But it just, it's just some real life shit. And a lot of people don't get that. I remember being in the Natty, like, and like the people, like other artists, running up to me in the streets, and me being like, "Shit ain't all pretty, bruh. And they'd be like, "What do you mean?" And I would tell them the reality of my situation, and they would look at me like they just saw me stomp a kitten to death. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my god, I think y'all are doing so well, and you're telling me you're not. It's not fun. See the thing, I, the, doing the music and the shows is fun. But the business of it to continue doing the music and the shows is not fun. Like that's the that's the yin and yang. That's the catch twenty two. And you know it's, it's becoming less fun day by day. Yeah. Like like they're they're literally strangling every penny an artist can make at this point. Like if you yeah. don't have if you're not chance the rapper with a fan base that's super organic and viral, yeah. and you can send an email to like fifty million, fifty thousand people or some shit, yeah. you're not making any money. Not only are you not making any money, you're not getting any coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's pretty much it's pretty much whoever you got with you from day one riding or dying is all you got at this point. So I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like I won't say it's like you made this this grand smart decision, yeah. but you made the, you made the decision that you made. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like yeah, and it's like in retrospect, there might have been other options, but honestly, after years after that moment, I haven't seen what those options are <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying like my license got suspended and in ohio the next step if you fall a little oh, further yeah, behind yeah, yeah. they put you in jail they put you in jail which shows you about the system and the prison industrial complex for the simple fact you they want me you to in catch jail up for... on child support what you want say me to catch up on child support so you take my license knowing that in most of Ohio, public transportation is pathetic, especially in Cincinnati. So you weaken my ability to get to and fro my job. And then secondly, you're going to throw me in jail. So I'm accumulating. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called because I ain't been on back child support in ages since then. But it's a rearage. That's what they a call rearage, it. Yeah, yeah, a rearage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm accumulating a rearage while I'm in jail. And while I'm in jail, a lot of people don't know this. They fucking fine you and charge you for every day you're in fucking jail. Like, this is... Wait, 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 what? Oh, yeah. So, on top of your, your, your fucking jail sentence, your penalty, they give you fines. Oh, yeah. I've seen that, like, I saw that, like, shit. I ain't no, ain't no shame. I was stupid. Two years ago, I got a Dewey. 
And I was sitting in court. Dewey boys. I got Dewey too. Dewey yeah, boys. You know, you know, DUI. Dewey boys. DUI. I think if you're from Ohio, you get a DUI. Yeah, yeah. So it's complimentary. I'm in court, and I'm peeping it. They locked up certain people on like shitty charges, and their fine goes up every day they're in jail. And I'm just like, what type of science is that? And that is just the way for the system. To continue giving tax breaks to the rich while they fucking taxing the poor. It's a poor god tax. Damn, god damn, god damn. Man. That shit is. And I was sitting there watching the shit, like. And I'm lucky because it's like. I have a very supportive family and I, I happen to have a set of skills like video editing and graphic design where I can make money really fast if I need to. You know what I'm saying? But like a lot of these people, like they get like some bullshit charge. <laughs> can't afford legal representation to like show that they were innocent and then they end up in jail when they end up in jail they gotta pay the fine you know what i'm saying when i got locked up for my dui i owned i owed them fifty dollars you, you don't gotta oh okay I was gonna, you don't gotta I, talk i owed them fifty dollars because i was in there for 12 hours and i'm like y'all charging a nigga rent for being in jail like, do I get a blowjob or something? <laughs> no, like, like, do I get something else with this package? Nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't the Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn sometimes is 45 a night doing, like, like you know, special business nights. But, like, what the fuck is this? I'm sitting in jail with a bunch of heroin addicts. See, when I got my DUI, I didn't go to jail. I know. You lucked out. You lucked out. I, I got but my, my dumb ass, I got caught in Kentucky. So. Oh. Yeah, bro. Ooh. Yeah. Kentucky was stroke a nigga too. Yeah. They don't fuck around in Kentucky. Yeah, and, I, and my DUI, my for some reason my DUI don't seem like it was that bad. But I feel like a lot of niggas I know got DUIs out here. A but lot the thing of, is, a lot of niggas get DUI. Like, and you're lucky if you can afford the fines, because like typically you get a yeah. DUI, that's two bands, like off the rip. Yeah, two bands. Like, yeah. if you can't afford them two bands, this shit gonna turn to four bands like real fast. Yeah. You know Yo, it's saying? so crazy how it's, it's about money. That's all it's about. Yeah. It, it's crazy how when you go through it and you can actually, not even if you can or can't afford it, you see how much it's about money off rip. Oh, yeah. Because this is like, I got in trouble. And I don't care about really about my drinking habits and all of that. Yeah, I just want that fucking money. <laughs> yeah. You know, capitalism. And it's like, it's so funny. It's like, the people that they talk shit about most of the time are the ones funding most of the country. It's crazy that the poor that are sitting in jail, a lot of them are funding most of this fucking war. Not the rich with their beautiful tax breaks and shit. Yo, but so I tell a lot of people you're one of the smartest, like the smartest human beings I know. Like I tell motherfuckers well, this thank you. a lot. And one of the things that I think you really brushed up on is like spirituality and religion and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and, I... Bruh, like, and I ain't gonna front, like, real talk, nigga, cause, let, can I, can I, this is my confessional and shit, yo, I was a fucking hoe on the road, my nigga, like, <laughs> I was a hoe, I was, I was a good hoe, though, yo, I was a good hoe, you wanna say it, you said it, I was a good you said hoe, it. I'm editing out the Guinness disc, but I, I mean, uh, the Heineken disc, I'm not editing that shit, though. Hey, I was a hoe. But what does that have to do with being spiritual? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, well, you bring know it in, what? bring it in, rein it in. And once again, it's a yin and yang in a situation because, like, when spirit is working with you, like, it'll lead you 
by what you're attracted to. And it's yeah. a lot of situations that I found myself in just trying to get some pussy that I learned a lot about myself and like saw a lot. But then there's a flip side of the coin where, you know, like I saw certain situations my dick led me into that did nothing but like take away from me and distract me from what I was supposed to do. So like what that phase was, was for me, it was for me to learn discernment. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, now I don't have to just be blindly led into a situation to get yeah. enlightenment. I can sit there, meet a person, look into a situation from a distance and know either A, that it's something I should deal with or B, it's something I shouldn't deal with. You know what I mean? So, like... I mean, like, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring up any old tour stories, but I know that... There I were, can, though. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you feel free to bring up what you yeah, want to bring up. Yeah, yeah. But what I was gonna say was that I know for a fact, just to, just to verify what you're saying, there were times where you would walk away from situations and you would feel empty. And there were other yeah. times you would walk away and you would just be like, on this enlightened shit. And I'm like, yo, it was just some pussy though. And you're like, no. And I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking Yo, these niggas was so confused about like what I was like experiencing on that first tour. But you remember, okay, so just to give this some context, mm -hmm. like I had an awakening and, I, awakening and I just, I turned that shit all the way off. Like in college, I was like, no, no, this isn't happening. Oh, oh, no. and, and the paraphrase, well, not the paraphrase, but to add like a little uh, context to that situation. When Don woke up, I remember I'm sitting in there with my present, uh, with my only child's mother. And Don walks in the room and he is just rambling. He is down in New Orleans. <laughs> He's telling me all of this shit. He's just rambling. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we in college, and like me and her, like we would just chill, like watch movies and smoke, and like I play my video games. So this nigga just came in a room, like yo, and this is like my smoking buddy. You know what I'm saying? This is the nigga I kick it with. This is the nigga I went like bumming for change with to get a black and mild and a beer. You know what I'm Holla. saying? Talk about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that college shit. So when he came in my room rambling about like. Seeing other realities and God and all of this shit. When he was in there, I was like, word, bro. Like, I feel you. When he walked out, I looked at her. And we were just like, oh, this nigga died crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think you might have said I smoked myself stupid. Yeah. I think you said I smoked myself yeah, stupid. I was like, this nigga need to stop smoking weed, bro. Like, yo. But I left a trail of books. Yeah. I left an incredible trail of books behind. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I just wanted answers. I was like, yo, what the fuck is happening in my mind? <laughs> okay, so. And in the like that because the other thing is this, and you you can yeah. like it, it it feels like it's in your mind until you start interfacing with the world. Yeah. Then it's like, oh shit, I'm not crazy. Everybody else is crazy. And yeah. nobody knows that they're crazy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It becomes this thing where human you, beings are living completely opposed to their nature at this point in time. And it's like, the shit in Ferguson, people see it as race. And, and like on Facebook, like to, you know, other people. That man, get, fuck Facebook, man. I, I said it's about the police. You said some good shit on Facebook. What? You said, um, it was, you said, um, the black people are enraged about genocide while we celebrate genocide for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Meta. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like when you uh, that shit was just a brilliant observation on where we are. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I didn't yeah, mean, yeah, no, no, no. It's like it's it's like that type of shit. Then it's just about us awakening to, uh, I guess, a deeper reality. I guess where you you kind of realize that you're really this this other great being, and you're just kind of plugged into this character you play. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like this character, this personality that you were born into, as so, far as race, your your family's traditions, religious creed, uh, how you look, walk, talk. That's just your character. That's just your puppet. But it's like something behind. It's that like puppet. an avatar. Exactly. So the funny thing is, I was talking to my homegirl the other day, and I was just like, I've lived at least four life, like four distinct lives, like in this in this one life. Like yeah. I've been, I've been. A rapper. I've yeah. been a journalist. I've been a fucking student. I've been like a like. There were four distinct moments where I looked up, like I'm not the same person I was a year ago or and, a month ago. And, and every role playing junkie that plays World of Warcraft, or Final Fantasy, or whatever gamers are out there, you know exactly what he's talking about when you can switch roles for your character to take on a different set of skills. And that shit is bugged out because, like, even. Even today, like I, I, I do a lot more freelance writing yeah. to get, you know, like whatever. But in doing that, like some days I wake up like, am I even fucking around? What, what am I? Who am I right now? Yeah. And I know exactly who I am. It's just that's the that's like me in conflict. That's the other me in conflict with the other me. Like, no, nigga, write a song. I don't, I don't want to write a song. It's, right it's, now. it's, like, <laughs> it's ego. It's ego in conflict with the soul. The yeah. ego is like a statue. Like you, it's chiseled out by your experiences, and and it tells you that you're this statue, you're this this shape, you're this mold. Whereas the soul is like, I'm anything that I interface with, and that you want me to be, and I'm not at the same time. Like the the soul, like it's 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 transcendent. You know what I mean? Transcendent and infinite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's hard for the ego to recognize. Because the ego is the ego is very much limited, and the ego is very much grounded, and it, yeah. ego, the ego knows, or the ego has an idea of what it should be and what it is. Yeah. So the ego is the ego is not fluid enough to 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 move the way the soul asks it to. Yeah. And yeah. The, and the thing is, like, <clears throat> I got a visual for listeners out there. Okay, I'm gonna break down heaven and hell for you, and like like I would to a child. Okay. All right. When you have, uh, think about the Bible. I'm pretty sure everybody knows basic Christian doctrine. When sidebar, this dude knows every religion. Yes, that's it. Like, remember you broke down the black Israelites in New York? Oh yeah, nigga. Everybody I tell this story about, you like facing off with the black Israelites. Like, oh, he's crazy. I was like, no, they stopped at like five minutes. Like, brother, please leave. Brother, please go away. Please. Yeah, the motherfuckers begged you to leave because it's like I know your shit. Like, oh my god! No, okay, your shit better than you. But anyway, that shit is. Crazy. But it's not about like me being cocky or anything. It's yeah, just, yeah, exactly. It's just that, like honestly, it wasn't really about me studying all the religions. I, I did, and it, honestly, it gave me confusion. But then when I started looking within and found the source that all of those religions drew from, it's like I can just look at a religion and like, like, like basically, like uh, take a, a car mechanic and a car mechanic. He knows uh, engines, and when an engine is put in a certain body within a certain brand, 
He knows how it's going to run in that car. Shout out to Brick Beats. They Brick. Pray. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so but when you are able to recognize that engine and you, you can understand the vehicle much better than what you would just looking at the exterior. You know what I'm saying? So like me, that experience as far as uh, delving deeper into like religion and spirituality, I just saw they all came from the same source. It's like basically one light source and all the different religions are different lenses. They're different colors, different, uh, I don't know, for, for photographers out there, they have different um, uh, blur in those lenses. That Gaussian blur or like filters. Yeah, yeah, it's like I mean? different filters. Different like, effects, I guess. Would yeah, be like yeah, yeah. So, it's just really all about us and I hate to say this, like, find a source, like, look, look deeper within. And most of the times, anything that society co-signs and says is okay, challenge it. Because it's like, when you look at society and you see the society we live in and the results of it, especially like these most recent issues we're dealing with, that tells you that that society is not to be trusted. Like, real talk, if you knew a nigga that was like raping kids and killing people and doing a bunch of shady shit. If that nigga gave you some advice, would you trust it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, would you yeah, trust yeah. like a child rapist slash murderer slash drug dealer <laughs> slash swindler slash hustler? No, you wouldn't. And when you look at our society... Unless you wanted advice on raping child, children yeah. and embezzling money or some shit. Yeah. So it's like when you look at our society and you see the results of it and you see like how they work, like for example that case where the uh, the the, the uh, young rich kid got drunk without a license and ran over like four or five people, killed them, and then he got off because of uh, affluenza, as they called it. Yep. That tells you the type of society you're dealing with. So anything that the, gets through their media filter. Any trend, any styles that should tell you that shit is not to be trusted because they're perpetuating an agenda. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. It's not like, it's not conspiracy theorist shit. This is shit is merely common sense. Right. Because if I came into your household it's, with a bunch of shady ideas, I guarantee you when I wanted to raise your child and sit alone in a room with them, you'd be like, fuck nah. Put it like this. If, if, if the, gap runs, the Gap had run several ad campaigns, those ad campaigns are approved. Like, yeah. news stories are pretty much like ad campaigns for yeah. different brands. Like, the brand may be Republican, conservative, yeah. or whatever. But those campaigns are, if they, make, if they make it through the media spin, and that's the one thing about the Mike Brown thing, is that we kept pushing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, we pushed it beyond their boundaries. And that forced them to have to further extend their brand. Like, oh, well, we just don't fuck with you. Yeah. Like, okay, so you want to dig deeper? Cool, dig deeper. We just don't fuck with you. Yeah. So stop digging, you know what I'm saying? Like, like change your shit. You're not gonna change ours, but change yours. But you were saying, you were saying you're gonna break down heaven or hell. Break, oh, okay. break down hey. hell. And, uh, I was actually just sitting here right now. I was like, I done got so far away from what I was about to explain. I don't even remember what it. But okay, heaven and hell. Okay, <clears throat> think about the Bible, right? <clears throat> okay, what is hell? Hell is a place spiritually beneath the earth right you know what i'm saying as far as how they explain it it's underground right yep. so earth is above and the spiritual 
reality is beneath. That is telling you that's a reality where ego, which identifies with earth and solid things and logic, is in charge. So, if your ego is in charge of what your soul is doing, you are in hell, right? But, what is heaven? When the spiritual reality is above the earth, right? <laughs> right? So, that with is earth, heaven. With the earth being the body. Exactly. Yep. So, yep. when the, the, the spiritual body is over the earthen body, the earthen body, which is uh, ego... When your soul is in charge and you put that higher than your thinking, and the ego exists in like your intellect, like think about it. Your mind can only process two plus two. I need to pee. I need to eat. Those are solid things. So it's like you can't trust your mind, but it's like you have a much greater mind through your soul. And the ego mind, like when you're sitting around and you hear that voice in your head, like isn't it fucking weird that when you think you hear a voice in your fucking head? Like, can you see yourself in the mirror, like, without looking in a mirror? Like, you can't see yourself. So how is it that me just sitting here without some reflective device, I'm able to hear my thoughts? That is telling you that it's something external of you. Like, that, that, that thought... Yo, yeah, like, like thoughts... Like, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, like, no. thoughts are pretty much... <clears throat> thoughts... I can't, I can't explain how to say what I'm trying to say. And I think you know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. thoughts aren't real. Like, no, 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 no. Like, thoughts are, are, are a byproduct of, like, ego. Yeah. But, you know what? Ego is not bad. It's just, like, you're a guard dog. It's like, okay, all right, you're a soul. I get that. So, in order for you to stay here, uh, you need to avoid danger. So, don't walk in dark caves. Don't walk in front of moving cars, blah, 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 blah. That is what the ego is good at. But being that we're human, we're spiritual people, so our interactions are very spiritual. So when those fears start kicking in when you're dealing with people, that's when shit gets ugly. Yeah. And you form prejudgments and stuff like that. You need to be thinking from your higher mind and not the ego mind because the ego mind is just going to identify with the information that has been given through logic. Like just through media. Like you see a bunch of black people doing fucked up shit through media. Ego is like, black people are fucked up because this is the information that has been given to me. The ego basically, earth, like the, the, that metaphor, take that metaphor I said about like spirituality above earth, replace earth with like a computer. You know what I'm saying? Like that is how the ego sees the world. The ego sees the world the same way a computer does. Yeah. Solid information. proof. But the ego cannot process emotion and like love it and creativity, like that shit is foreign to it. Because it's all ideological. And it's, it's all. It's all like. It's all. It's not, it's not concrete. It's not one way. You know. Yeah, what I mean? exactly. Because it has too many variables, and in science, if something has too many variables, you can't form a a, a a a straight hypothesis, a theory about it. Like it fails scientific method, therefore it can't be real. So it's like that's how we deal with each other. It's like, fuck how I feel about you, nigga. Uh, you, how you act doesn't apply to my scientific method. Therefore, fuck you. You don't exist. You're not real. And if the media doesn't co-sign it, it's like that's what people use as their primary source of information. Like, the media is pretty much the feeding tubes that you saw in the Matrix that were feeding all the people in the fucking bubbles. 
when they were getting fed like some fucked up form of puree sitting in them fucking bubbles. That's the fucking media. Feeding your mind and your perception. You know what I'm saying? And this is the saying, this type of shit, nigga, will get us killed. But on that note, <laughs> I'm going to go pee. I got to pee bad as fuck, too, so I'm going to yeah. take a break. Yeah. Right at 30-minute mark. One, oh, shit. So this is the part where I usually tell you to go to iTunes and pick up that Don Speaks or go to iTunes and pick up that Von P and the other guys to you or maybe even go pick up that Tanya Morgan Rubber Souls. But a good friend of mine reached out to me to let me know that he did a project with another good friend of mine. Dave of the Paxtons linked up with Norvis Jr. and they did a project called Old Gold. It's an album. It's a workshop. It's fucking dope. If you go to oldgold.nyc, you can see an instructional video as well as a performance video. Well, like a music video, but he's performing the track, so it's performance, whatever. Who cares? It's really dope, though. They have shirts for sale. The shirts are really well designed. Um, the music is really well designed. It's just some dope shit. You know what I'm saying? So I like to support my friends who are doing really cool things, really dope things, and I think you should support us all. So that's four albums to cop now because I did shout out the other three. But no, seriously, go check out oldgold.nyc. That's O-L-D-G-O-L-D.nyc. And I made that shit rhyme because I'm an MC. One, two, three, here we go with the show. E. The fuck is OE? Yo, yo, wait, Elias just brought one of the best memories of music I ever had. Y'all trapped, and I can't get out. How you gonna get out? I'm gonna figure this out. So, all right, to put some perspective on that, this was like maybe the first air quote studio session we'd ever been to. Yeah. In college. Yeah. This nigga was like, yo, I got a studio come through, we're gonna do this song. It wasn't me, it was this nigga named uh, Kenny. Kenny. The Golden Tiger. The Golden Tiger. Fake Wu-Tang. And he had us, it was like eight or nine niggas in his house working on the song. And, and like he was convincing us we could be like the next Wu-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> and he called himself the Golden Tiger, yo. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Yo, I wish I had a like a, a, a tape of that, that song, that chord. Oh, God. Because we did that shit for like 40 minutes. We were Some, hyped. Somebody got that. Yo, Trapped. And I can't get out. How you gonna get out? I'm gonna figure it out. Man, what was some of your best like I want I wanted to ask you about some of your craziest tour memories since you said you were willing to share it. But what were like like I I think it's more interesting to talk about college though. Like cause you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like for me and you Man, it's not even like an interview, it's just hanging out with you. Now I actually wanna cut it off soon so that we can fucking hang out. Wait. Yeah, I want to, so we can actually hang out and not be recording a conversation. But, like, I feel like college was where, because me, in, in a weird way, me and you had, like, beef. Yeah. It high wasn't. School. High school. It wasn't, like, super, like, yeah, I don't fuck with it. I don't know. If, I came through your high school. Okay. Let me story. break this shit down. All right, this nigga done. Uh. <laughs> All right. Long story short. I'm, I'm going to sum it up. I'm a dude. I ain't a chick, so I can Sum it up. This dude, shout out to feminist. <laughs> took he he took my like a girl that was like real close to me that I consider like a sister. He took her virginity and shit, but he treated her like shit. <laughs> and she was his side chick. That wasn't even a term back then, my nigga. I'm an innovator. I'm a pioneer, my nigga. <laughs> 
Yo, you took all the all the fucking cool out of my shit right now. Yeah, but I mean, I'm a nigga. I guess I'm a I'm a nigga. But that, that's a nigga. that's just a real talk. And we were young. We were young. And like, what happened? Like he had his crew named TAC, Tangent Alternative Crew, right? And like, I used that to, was a I used horrible. To, uh, that was a horrible name. By yeah, the way. yeah, it was. But horrible name. Like when I used to be out around the natty in high school, and like. The, the premier little MCs in Cincinnati were spitting. This nigga Don, he was a little Don back then. This nigga would jump up in there with his Columbia and shit, looking like special ed mixed with buck, uh, buckshot. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> he would jump up in there and start like spitting. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, this like he was like the only young nigga that was like stepping in the cyphers and spitting with like these people we like mood in there like the five d's and mood and shit. Yeah, yeah like yeah. dying like he was doing this shit back in like high school so that was like a big thing and i used to stand by and like watching or whatever like yo he could spit but like still fuck this nigga <laughs> <laughs> that's not yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i went to like this like private like school or whatever right predominantly white and they let the blacks have a mixer, as they called it. Like, I think people know what Xavier is. St. Xavier. St. Xavier. Xavier. Not yeah. the college, but the high school. Yeah, There's yeah. a high school and a college here in Cincinnati. So we were allowed to have a mixer. These niggas... Came and got mixy in that bitch. They went into the back of the cafeteria and put a big-ass graffiti piece on the wall that said TAC. And when I say big-ass graffiti piece, I mean like... 15 by 15 feet like it was it was huge. pretty fucking big yo that was the last first and last mixer they let the black people but, have and you know what and you know what I like wanna, you let niggas have a, a party and it's graffiti on the wall I wanna, in the school i want to apologize because i didn't understand that what we did set that precedent i thought we were just fucking tagging a wall I was high. I was drunk. Yo. Like I had no idea. It was just like, cause I don't, I didn't, I didn't know what Xavier was. Did y'all really. catch that? High and drunk in high school. Okay. I, I, was, I was a fuck up. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually get introduced to that shit really until I met this nigga in college. But guess anyway. who fucked Ilias up? <laughs> nah, but but so like in high school. For me, it was just about, you know, like, whatever. We just bombing. We having fun. Like, I didn't think about you guys so much as, like, the building. I was like, this is a wall. Yeah. White people wall. I didn't, I didn't, it yeah. didn't fathom, it didn't register in my yeah. mind that I was doing something hurtful. Yeah. To my brothers. <laughs> to my fellow black people. Whatever. Black men. Yeah. Niggas ignorant. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, after that, and then he fucked with, like, the little sister of the crew. Like, we had beef with them. And then yeah. we had goons in our crew, like, you know, like I went to a private school, but it was like they had like reach out programs where they try to get more minority students in there. Gooned to, up. Yeah, Y'all exactly. To meet up. quotas. So there was a few times like where it's like some ugly shit was about to jump off between us. But like, you know, and it was it was deep because even even Alex was fucking with like one of you all sisters and shit. I remember I was about to run y'all niggas over. Yeah. I was driving my mama for a tourist. And my nigga Vic was like, yo, that nigga standing around the trunk of the car, bruh. And I was like, word? He's like, yeah. Because you remember back in the day, it was about popping the trunk. Go to the trunk, my nigga. Get in the trunk. So, but anyway, we got to college. We got to college. 
and I'm walking around campus, and I see this nigga, and then we just kind of looked at each other weird, <laughs> and then we just dapped each other up like, "What up, Cincinnati like, it, it nigga?" It died right there. Yeah, exactly. It died because we we were like, because I don't know if you had the same experience as I had the first day on campus, yeah. but I was like. I don't know anybody. Hey, hey, but real talk, like South niggas is way different from like Cincinnati. Like yeah. Cincinnati niggas is like pimps, and then when you see like South niggas, like they different. And like I remember, like how hard they be catering to women and shit. And this is like, damn, we sexist in our society. Yeah? Super sexist, and that's a whole nother. I don't really want to address that yeah. and talk about it. like. But I will say this, like I was playing a Too Short album, Too Short Dogs in the House the other day, and I was listening to it, and like I was saying all the words, like, yeah. no, a bitch ain't nothing but yeah. a word to me, like, all that shit. Yeah. And I'm listening like, for one, I love this song. For two, this song is horrible. Yeah, it is. For three, this song raised me. Yeah. Like, and it was a big moment where I was like, yo, I was fucked up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm growing beyond being it, but I was like, yo. Like 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 taking your taking your 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 little sister not little sister yeah homegirl take like like the way I treated women in high school was very largely influenced by the shit I was putting into my body you know what I'm saying yeah but all that whatever whatever, whatever. so in college me and this nigga bumped into each other miles from home and we were like rivals and was like okay cool we yeah. should be friends now yeah and even like I will say even like beyond that when we start hanging out. I was always high, yeah. so I never fully processed it. But I know at some points I was just like, man, we didn't like each other at all, yeah. but this nigga's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then we like started like rhyming together and shit. Yeah. And then it was like, it was so funny. It was just like that Cincinnati like camaraderie. And then we like, yo, like real top freshman week. You remember we built up a crew of like 35 niggas. Yep. Like walking around, like yo, you going to that next freshman uh, orientation bullshit, and it'd be like two, three niggas. Yep, hey, roll with us. So we had like a masses crew, like not even a crew. That shit was like an army. It was like a mob army. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we walking around campus like thirty, forty deep, yo. Remember sitting along the wall in front of the bookstore? Yeah. And then when girls would walk by that we thought was like a little too stuck up. We would harass. We would all just start laughing at them for no reason. Yeah. Somebody would run up and be like, "Hi," and they'd be like, "Hi," and then all forty niggas would just start laughing just to make yeah. them insecure. Yeah. We and would they would just sit in there looking at their bodies like, "Am I a shirt? Like, do I have a booger on my nose?" And yo, like, yo. We was fucked up, man. That's you know what you girls know. Girls started calling us the jerks. The jerks. Yeah. <laughs> they so, was, they were like, "Yo, y'all are fucking jerks. Like, fuck y'all." And then that's when we started calling our crew the jerks. That's yeah. how the name jerks. It was, like being, it was like nigga versus nigger. Nigger yeah. versus nigger. Yeah. But like it, it's funny because when I was dating um, Tatiana for that while, like I was unlearning a lot of that shit. Yeah. And I would just feel awful. You know what I'm saying? Like about yeah. a lot of the shit I did, like just as, a, as just f figuring out who I was. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Finding my fucking body. But... I remember in college, man, we did some crazy shit. Oh, like, uh, fucking these two girls in the same room? <laughs> Yo. Like, I wasn't even gonna go there! Yeah. But you can Yo. go. Yo. Yo. Yo, the first piece of tail that I got. Why do I have to? All right, we was ahead. in the hotel room. But you know what? It was a setup. It wasn't on us. Yo, like these two girls we had met at the Yo, store. Yo, wait, before you go, 
Uh, Ilias is my brother. He can say whatever he wants to say. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so we, we go oh, to this God. store. Like, oh, you know, yeah. like shopping because we got our refund checks and shit, you know. Balling. We got our refund checks and bought pizza and fucking weed yeah. and clothes. We so, went to Sears. So we go there and it's these two girls working there. And like, we holler at him. Like, I holler at the chocolate chick. He holler at the red bone. And then like the chick that I hollered at, coincidentally, her birthday was like a day after mine, which was like a month two later. Well, like actually, it was like two weeks later. <laughs> so they said it like she tell me like I'm having a hotel party for my birthday, and I'm like, word, cool. So we get there to the hotel, and ain't nobody there but them. Mm. And, and then it's like, yo, we just thought we chill it, kick it with y'all, and they had like liquor and weed. So we just over there like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? It's better than being in a dorm. Way better. So we started smashing these chicks like on some porn star orgy in Brazil type <laughs> shit. You know, lights on, whatever. It's like, fuck it. <laughs> and like niggas, like literally. Oh, God. Niggas is literally smashing, passing the blunt. Like, I lied to you not. Like. I'm smashing, hitting from the back, smoking a blunt, passing it to my nigga. Like, it was like the, some crazy fucking animalistic, savage ass shit. Like, and wait, and that's not even the craziest story. Oh, here. wait. Oh, no, there's a nigga. part two. Could I tell her the sequel? We kept fucking with these chicks, but one day we up in the dorms. Oh! Oh, yeah. We up in the dorms, yeah, yeah, in their homegirls room, and she a big girl, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got nothing against big girls. But anyway, the same shit start going down. This fucking Brazil orgy going down in the room. This chick is sitting at her desk next to her boom box, and we telling her what Yo, song play, to play. Play that uh, uh, Million Strong. Yeah. Condition. <laughs> Yo, Yo, no, play Breaking My Heart. Make condition. <laughs> they had one CD. This was CD. This was the CD era. Yeah. She had a mint condition greatest hits or some shit. She Yo, was a DJ. Play Pretty Brown Eyes. Yeah, exactly. While wow, we smashing, <laughs> we smashing the hell out of our girls. Get it in, man. Listen, like yo. Yo, you might have just took this shit to a whole different level. Hey, bruh. Like, shit. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and that was the kind of shit, in all honesty, for me, in a weird way, like, like we're brothers. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, we, yeah. came from, we came from not being cool at all. Yeah, we were. To being brothers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when you, like, <clears throat> when you enemies and you become brothers... You can never go back. You already been there. You know what that's about. Yep. So it's like you can only go up from there. So, you know what I'm saying. So it was like that. That builds a, a great bond. You know what I'm saying. Like yeah, like even even and put it all in like further context. Like in the group shit, when me and you weren't seeing eye to eye, we would have disagreements. Like we would have just flat out arguments. It was always just like. Well, I've seen this nigga in the best and worst of times, so yeah. nothing can be as bad as either of the two. You yeah, know what I'm like, saying? So it was like never any like resentment because it's like when you know a nigga that long and when you see a nigga fucking <laughs> right like like, like like full vulnerability my nigga like it wasn't even it wasn't even like it was just like okay we might as well have been born together at that point that was like exiting the vagina yeah, like the womb like, you know what I'm saying so it was like and when all that shit came it's just like niggas in different situations like and like what's so crazy about all of that I remember feeling guilty, and the one time I felt guilty about like the, the like what transpired is because De La Soul 
told us when we is performing never, with them. Never break up. They told us to never break up. Never break up. And I said, yeah. Like, while they told I'm us that there, on, on Vaughn's birthday, too. Yeah. And, and, never break <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, yeah, nah, I never do that while I'm sitting there chugging Maceo's vodka and shit. Yo. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get Oh, was it Hennessy? Was it, it Hennessy? It was Hennessy. And they had, yeah. Daylight's Rider was set up where they had personals of everything. Mm-hmm. And you were in the green room. We we pour like little like like modest drinks. Yeah, nigga, excuse me. You went in that green room. I was taking it to the fight. And body that so hard. They manager Lucky came in like, hold up, hold up. This shit shut down. Nobody touched anything else. Yeah. And you just like scuttled on out the green yeah. room, nigga. Like, and Vaughn oh. was on the couch, fucked up because his leg was fucked up. Yeah. The speaker fell on him. Oh, and God. I was in there being a fucking like a. Uh, Oh my God, this is De La Soul. And you like guzzled all their liquor and left. And then like, you remember I closed the night out by like walking up to the niggas in the club like, you seen the promoter? I'm gonna fuck this nigga up. Yeah. Where's our money at? And I think it was possible. like, I have no idea, man. Yeah. Like, Yo, it was so funny because it was like, they sitting there like, okay, these are our little brothers. They co-signed us online. And then they saw us turn up like, Oh like, shit, oh, man! What like is these this? are some goon ass. <laughs> like, okay, the dreadlock niggas drinking my liquor, and this yeah. other niggas about to beat up the promoter. What yeah. the fuck are we yeah. fucking? <laughs> like, what the fuck y'all rapping about this shit for? Why aren't y'all talking about like marking niggas? You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit was funny, bro. But yo, okay, so that was college crazy. I want to ask you about tour crazy because I know you. I know you don't give a fuck about telling it. Nah. Nah, so okay, I ain't gonna say no names, but you don't know. say like what. Let's let's talk about tour crazy. Let's get a crazy. Let's get a crazy tour story popping. I'm really kind of goading you on. I've never done this, uh, I, I, but I feel like nigga. these are stories that you would tell anyway. I would tell them. End of the first tour. Wait, let me let me let me. Which tour was this? The first tour. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, you'll probably hear this interview, girl. I ain't gonna say your put name. It, put you can put a year on it if you want to. No, 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 no don't, no, don't, no, don't, no, don't, no, don't, no, don't, no, don't, don't, no. don't. Go ahead, go ahead. So, go ahead, go ahead. my statute of limitations right. is up. My our nigga. tour was fucked up. It was a wreck. It was the first tour. Uh, I quit my job for that tour. Walked away from that bitch. Yeah, bruh. Like I, I should have. I was supposed to get the job, like doing blueprints and shit, like as an engineer, and I. Keep going. Okay. But anyway, like, <clears throat> so you go on the road with this dream and you think everything on pop because, you know, you got your fucking MySpace video on MTV. You know what I'm saying? You think it's shit going to pop? Nope, that's not what happens. But anyway, so we go on the road. Everything is set up wrong. No contract signed. So it was like the ultimate, like, worst tour ever. But uh, <clears throat> so anyway, we... In Dem like the midpoint in the tour in Denver, our label was like, "Hold up, we need to pause and cancel some shows and refigure this shit out." Yep, that was Chicago. Was it? No, Chicago was where I wanted to quit, and we kept going. No, Denver is like Denver where was we the like crashed for like a week. Yeah. So shout out to Lowkey. I met who was a good friend of mine. Like real talk, like I love her to this day. I, me and her maybe only talk maybe every several months just to like check up on her and her life like <clears throat> but like <clears throat> you still talk to her yeah like I, I, yeah i talked to her like she doing good yeah yeah okay she like the last i talked to her she was engaged you know what i'm saying and she oh, was what? happy like yeah so she she, I, she doing good like you know what i mean but i was i was literally thinking about her 
last week because I, I bumped into like the, uh, the little she bought me some shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh shit! I wonder how she doing. Yeah, like she good. She, well, the that's, last that's time dope. I talked to her, that was like, man. She's she's a wonderful person. Oh way. yeah. But keep like, going, my bad. So, <clears throat> all right. So, I mean, this girl in Denver. We stuck there for a fucking like week and a half. Week. A week. It was like a week. Yeah. So trying to figure out how to get to to the bay. Yeah, like, because it's like, our label's like, yo, we just losing money on this shit. So, <clears throat> I mean her. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh, you heard how goofy that was? That was goofier than Lil Wayne's laugh. That's going to tell you a lot about this situation <laughs> that I'm about to tell you. All right, so, all right, so, uh, we in this fucked up situation. We in, we in Denver. <laughs> And this girl adopts me pretty much. And she's like well off. She's pretty. She's fucking Asian. She has her own fucking house that her parents gave her. Hell motherfucking yeah, I'm staying with her. Like, yeah. yeah. So and me was, being me this, this was the beginning of the iliosity. Yes. Like like the ili <laughs> like the the, the, <laughs> the iliosity. <laughs> chilling at her crib bro like and i'm sending these niggas texts i'm like sitting back watching the wire on on demand Ew. on a big screen and we are sleeping on a cement floor under a table yes under a fucking table nigga these maybe a couch I, I slept on like the big chair yeah we were sleeping hard did somebody sleep in the closet did we slept wherever there was Yo. like soft yeah padding. because like the dj whose who crib we crashed low key. He low had key. A real yeah low key his, his, his spot was like small at the time so me <clears throat> we had a fucked up show i'm just keeping 100 we had a fucked up show where the promoter tried to pay us by giving us a guitar as collateral do you remember that shit i remember that shit I remember. Yo, shout out to motherfucking filthy, my nigga. Yeah, yeah, filthy, filthy. That was our road manager. Filthy was hating on me the whole way. Yeah, you and filthy, y'all got some arguments. Oh bro. God, Ilya, stop being a whore. You know, but anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I digress. But uh, <clears throat> so this is like popping off. <laughs> I'm hanging with this 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 girl, and when the nigga brought out the guitar, like. You know how like you have like a meltdown or a nervous breakdown? I was like, hmm, option A, I kill this nigga and go to jail. <laughs> or option B, I go to the pretty Asian woman who's been taking care of me a little bit while I've been here. <clears throat> so after that show, I remember walking back out in the crowd like, let's go. We walk out to her, what was it? A mustache. She had a 5.0, like a damn like new one and shit. And I'm like, word. And I remember like telling y'all like, man, fuck this. I'm going to holler back like, fuck yeah. this, bro. Y'all were a little salty like, yo, he's not standing yeah, in solidarity. I mean, we, I, so, we were. Yep. Yeah. I'm on front. We yeah. Were. Yeah. Y'all were salty. But I, I was just like at the point where I know myself well enough. I'm like, if I stay here, I am going to do something stupid. Like, I'm going to fucking attack this dude because... Like, all of our shows prior to that were fucked up. We was hurting for money. We was constantly having to call the label. And I don't know Yo. if y'all know what it means when somebody needs to wire you money while you constantly on a move, but it's kind of hard. Do you remember the show we had, I want to say, Grand Rapids, Michigan? Where I woke actually up. had fun there, bro. You did. I, yeah. rem I remember we had fun because there was, that was the show where 
after the show, we was like, ah, oh, this is the most fucked up show. It was awful. And you were like, I don't know, guys. It was pretty, it was pretty dope. But we were like, no, it you know what I like, did? it was pretty dope. You know what I did? It was shitty. At the end of the show, I walked up to like a group of people. And I was like, where the party at? And that's when I figured it out. That's why the Iliosity started. I figured out how easy it was to fucking have fun after a show. Yeah, because you're, you're, there, that you're girl, there night in town. And then that girl, remember, like, she rode her bike to come see me. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Yeah! Yo, you had the craziest bitches, my nigga. Remember? Yo, yo. yo she rode her bike to come see me. And she, had, and she had a trench coat on. Like, I'm, this is not, I'm not making this up on, like, it's surprised, it's still surprising oh, me to everything, day. my like, nigga. I'm like, I'm not, the truth. I'm not that fucking cool. But anyway, uh, she, she was, was like she, she like, like wanted to see me so she like rode a bike in the middle of the night through the fucking hood came there and and I told her not to I was like nah it's cool like cause I don't want you to get murk like kind of come give me some pussy like it ain't worth all that I fucking watch some porn or some shit I had my little PSP like I had a little porn on and I'm good but uh anyway moving along so she comes in and she got the trench coat on. Like, she had, like, a fucking lace bodysuit or some weird shit on that I had never seen. And it was so weird because she was, like, a nerdy-looking kind of innocent chick that I thought I would just kind of smash. Saw that body suit. And then when, like, she opened up her fucking trench coat and had, like, the lace bodysuit, I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, I'm a fucking rapper. You know what I'm Wait, saying? And then I'm going to tell you, like, and then the, the flip side, we were... At a diner. It was me, you, Vaughn, and Filthy. And Filthy was like, we were like, yo, what's up with the payout? This was the first tour. He was like, let's go get some breakfast. We sat down and Filthy was like, all right, so here's the deal. I can pay you guys for last night's show or I can buy you breakfast. And he that's, bought. That's a hell of an or, ain't it? It's a hell of an or. And you remember, we were like, what? He was like, it's that bad. So we bought breakfast. Like maybe like four or five dollars, like a fucking six dollar steak, and I got sick as fuck. Like I got food poisoning that night. Yeah. And I was in the library throwing up because we didn't fucking have a hotel room that night. Like yo, that first tour broke every ounce of my spirit, yeah. nigga. Like it broke it, it 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 to the final compound. And that's when Elias got addicted. <laughs> like I found a drug No it wasn't heroin It wasn't cocaine It was fucking pussy It was the safest drug yeah, Not I, safest Like It was the drug. most <laughs> Yo And the thing was Like I didn't want it to go that route Like I yo, would rather yo, like Elias, hang in a room. I love you to death my nigga I, I, I love you to death I wanted to hang in a room And talk about the show And how to make it better But we had videos On fucking YouTube Where we were rehearsing Every day Doing like damn near Dance steps But then when I saw The reality of the situation and I was fucking depressed. And then that night, that was one of the main nights that did it for me. I was like, wow, everything went terrible. But when she came over here and damn near killed herself and opened that fucking trench coat with a lace bodysuit on, it made it all the better. Well, I was, I'll say that sex is a drug. Sex is definitely yeah. a drug. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can delude yourself with sex. Like, you can pretty much be like, yeah. It, it, if if everything in your world is wrong and you can fuck some somebody every night, you're yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah. Because this is a distraction and it's healthy yeah. and it releases endorphins and all that shit. But there's a there was a level of not coping with the tour going on. Like like cause we would literally be 
like in dire straits at points like yo this is awful yeah and you would like show like roll in yeah roll in at eight o'clock in the morning and be like yo somebody come get me my nigga i'm at this bitch's house yo this like real talk like i just, yo, wait, 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 I just started wait, wait, bouncing on niggas like yo, wait, as soon as shit would go wrong i would yo, just bounce wait, do you remember that time in north carolina where 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 whole girl we went to that basement the basement and uh yeah. it's like I didn't expect this. This is not what I expected. You don't remember that shit. The what? We were in North Carolina. It was, I want to say it was a music festival. And we like, you were like, yo, does this chick want to go hang out? So I yeah. made Vaughn come with me yeah. and you. And Vaughn was pissed because he wanted to hang out with fucking Cooley High and chill and shit. And I was like, I'll come with us. And we got to this house and we knocked on the door. And that girl was like, the fucking rappers are here now. Oh! <laughs> oh! She was like, the fucking rapper showed up, and we come in, and we go to the basement, and you like leading the charge, and you're like, it was like, we got to the basement, and there were like eight dudes sitting around watching TV, and you were like, hmm, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> and that nigga was like, well, what did you expect? <laughs> yeah, I know, yo, right? Yo, yo. like... It was a setup, and they were all fucking rappers. Elias, do you understand, understand how mad Vaughn was? But, oh, no. But no, it, he was mad at me because yeah. I made him go. Yeah. I was like, I got to go. He got to go, too. Yeah. This is a group. We're all going together. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, it was like fucking, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Cooley How was at the crib chilling. Um, Median was there. It was like the whole North Carolina hip-hop shit was hanging yeah. out in the house. And I pulled Vaughn away like, nah, we gotta go hang out. Yeah. That nigga was mad as fucking me. I bet. But I brought him so I wouldn't, like, I brought him so that I could have somebody be mad. Because I was <laughs> mad at you, like, I don't want to go over these motherfuckers' house. And we get there, it wasn't even no pussy, nigga. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, it was. But it was... <laughs> pussy for me, though. <laughs> it's always pussy for you. Always pussy for you. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, we've had... Some of the best times on earth. And when you get some perspective, like distance on it, my nigga. Hey, hey, but but to to, to digress, New York. That's where we were. New York. This is explaining what happened in New York. Yeah. What are you talking about? <clears throat> New York. Okay, I met the Asian chick in Denver, right? Yeah. We hung out. Uh like she had a nice crib. Oh, oh, go ahead. Uh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> so at the end of the tour. Like, niggas is a little salty at me because the second half of the tour wasn't the same thing for me that it was for them. Nah, this mother... Okay, second half of the tour, we were in ratty hotels fucking breaking down uh, complimentary breakfasts. And we would go pick this nigga up and he would come out in a bathrobe fucking smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigar. <laughs> like, gentlemen, I will be in the vehicle momentarily. Let me get my luggage. And we were just like, nigga, get in the car. <laughs> I know. Like, these niggas were like, looking at me so mad. I'm like, why y'all mad The nigga getting pussy? So anyway, like, we closed out the door in New York. And it just so happened that the uh, the girl that I met in uh, Denver was in New York, right? Yeah. And she had a beautiful friend who was like Chinese. She was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, so I'm trying to hook this nigga up. At this time, this he's nigga lost, being me. He this nigga has lost all confidence in me. He's thinking it's just another Ilias party. He's gonna be disappointed in. But I'm like, nah, nigga, I got you. So anyway. He come hang out with me, her, her friend, 
And then we sitting there in a fucking penthouse overlooking Central Park <laughs> that was like what priced it like a million point five or it something. It was expensive. Yes. It's pretty expensive. <clears throat> this nigga pulls me aside like my bad man, I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. No, it was like literally Ilias had started dabbling in shit we had we just couldn't fathom. Because I figured out the code to the matrix. Like first I was just kinda like wilding out. But then it's like you figure out how to wild out on different. But see, I was like, I didn't want, I didn't want pussy. I wanted money. I wanted not even so much money. I wanted just the tour to be okay. No. I didn't want to run from it. And you were like, nigga, I'm out this bitch. Yep. I'm not trying to sleep head to foot in a, in a motel no. six. The hell not. And we were like, we were like, oh cool, go nigga. Yeah. Cause now we can have the whole bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now. we had two bed hotel rooms, right? And sometimes so they ain't have cots. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like they like niggas yeah. wouldn't have to fucking like sleep yeah. in the end and beds and shit together. And like Elias, yo, I will say that you saw that shit quick. Like, oh, this ain't cool. Nah, this is not cool. And I was just kind of like, this is just tour. It's this is this is hip hop. This is real. Hip-hop. We doing our thing. We we grinding. Me, I was like, nah, this this. Ilias, like, like, I don't grind. I don't grind. Yeah. I grind on a bitch. I don't grind. Yeah, like nah. I don't grind on tour. I ain't, I ain't sharing a bed with a nigga. Like I'm cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like man. I ain't got nothing against that. You gotta do that shit. Like it's real army military shit. But I'm like, no, this is not the dream. I'm going to go hang out. Like, and do you remember I got bold and just started like walking up to like groups of women like, who wanna adopt a rapper tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but you know it's so fucked up. I did that shit while I was fucking drunk. That yo, shit worked. Yo, wait, wait, wait. I don't know if you can say this. That shit worked. I don't know if you could. Okay, so. This shit we, we worked. Have to, we, we, this was in the past. And I feel like in today, today's. Well, no, that's not really street harassment. It's not really like you were like, hey, bitch, take me home. You were like, who wants to take me home? You asked a question. It wasn't like you were like. Shit, shit. like when we was in uh, Canada. You remember like we was in this club that, that they told us was popping and it was dead. And then we was about to go to the strip club. So, like, I was like, well, we about to leave. <clears throat> and I was like, yo, nah, I'm about to, like, holler at the prettiest girl in here. I didn't say girl, though. But anyway, so it. anyway, <laughs> I just walk up to, like, this beautiful girl. And I'm just like, yo, Amelia, it's nice to meet you. I'm in town for a show. How would you like to adopt a rapper for the night? And I'm just sitting there expecting to get this so I can like laugh about it while we in the car and I like to the yeah, next yeah. spot. And she says, okay, you want to leave now? And I just froze like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, so then I'm, I'm walking out with her waving at Don Yvonne and they just looking at me like, what the what fuck? The fuck? Like, and I'm just sitting there confused. Like, and I don't, you're confused like, too. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, what is this? Like, I don't know like, how this just worked. Like, this shouldn't work. But you know what? There's a testament to that. Like, I'm sure everybody has seen the modern YouTube videos where motherfuckers just walk up to strange women and ask them, can they get a kiss? I've never seen that. Oh, God. Like, women. I don't, are, I don't ever want to see it. Oh, bro. Like, women are way different than we think they are. And I'm sorry, but, I got to piss. See, this is the thing. Uh, okay, I got to. I got to. Uh, you can start to rap. I got to pee. Yo, workingcreative.bigcartel.com. We have hats, we have t-shirts, we don't have sweatshirts yet, but we're working on getting those. Um, yeah, we got a lot of merch, and we need you guys to buy it, we need you guys to wear it. 
We don't have a bad with name shirt either. So we don't have sweatshirts or bad with name shirts. So why am I advertising this? Why am I telling you guys to go there? Because we still need you to buy shirts. You don't have a shirt. Summer's going to come around eventually. Maybe you live in California. Who knows? You should buy a shirt though. Or, or a hat. We have Tanya Morgan hats. Um, Go there. Buy something. Do something. Say something. Say something, nigga. Say something. All right, let's get back to the show because I'm losing my mind. Like you, I, I feel like. Yeah, let me bring it full circle though. Like right. I said earlier in the uh, the, the interview, uh, the women that I did mention in those experiences were some of like the most awesome women that I met. And right. like, even after tour, I stayed in touch with them for years as friends, and, and I you learned know, a lot from them. So that's. That's the flip side of like the spiritual coin. Like those, yeah, those situations, they were very tempting and they seemed awesome. But it was just like, for me, so like, source, God, whatever, Buddha, whatever you want to call, like, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that ultimate consciousness. Like, it had to be that attracted to me for me to meet them so I could learn something. So. Yeah, like when you think about like the stories we're telling, like just, just like the, the experiences in general, we were figuring out ourselves and we were we were shaking off ego. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We were doing a lot of shit. But at the end of the day, you know, like the people we encountered were doing the same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like so like I believe I don't I believe I believe everything's equal. Like like gender and all that shit is equal. So you know like when you say women weren't the same women weren't what we think they were or women aren't the way we think they were pretty much we were led to believe that women were really you know what I'm saying we were raised a certain way yeah but it's like it's not to say that I thought like women were just objects at the time to be honest but like what women became for me while I was on the road experiencing that disappointment in my dream they became like this grounding wire of like, an escape I got escape a source of comfort, just a source of like, like it was, it was definitely. I, I could see that. I yeah, see like that. so, like when you hear about like these these music artists and these rock stars needing muses and fucking with groupies and all of that shit. A lot of times it's just that because it's like when you're on the road and you're meeting like so many different people. Like sometimes like you're led to like really fucking amazing people, and sometimes. It takes that that animal part of yourself, that ego, to be tricked into ex- having that very enlightening moment. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And I mean, I think that I want to wrap it up because I don't want it to be too long. And I know that I can, like, we're gonna cut the mic. I'm gonna keep talking. Yeah. I know that we can just fucking talk for days. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But just to put a pin in this conversation, to put like a, a like the bow tie on it. Not the bow tie, the, the ribbon on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm drunk at this point. Hey, bow tie. <laughs> I don't like men's no more. <laughs> I'm delivered. <laughs> I'm a Mario Women's. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Speaking of bow ties, you know. <laughs> I'm delivered. <laughs> that shit is crazy. I'm but, not going to carry a purse. It's like, no. <laughs> I guess just tell me about Cincinnati right now. I'm, I'm, I'm far removed from Cincinnati at this point. I've been away for yeah. years. And I mean, I know that Cincinnati, I know that Cincinnati is, is it has a scene and it has a lot of shit going on. Well, but. Cincinnati just has a lot of fucking hurdles. Like, when you're dealing with the city, 
And this is a little like history for y'all that don't know about Cincinnati. A lot of y'all be confused, think it's where Bone came from and all that other shit. But when you niggas think Cleveland is the only city in Ohio. Yeah. But keep going. Yeah. Everything starts with a C, so it's all Cleveland, but my bad. Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, three C, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus. But uh basically, like how can I put this? Um Cincinnati was the place that the Republican Party was founded. It was the place that was the only place north of the Mason-Dixon that had Jim Crow. <clears throat> so, like, think about that for a minute. Like, there was the Mason-Dixon line, you know what I'm saying, which divided the south from the north. But Cincinnati was in the north but still had south laws. So it tells you a lot about the racial We had clan rallies in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of fucked up. And then, like, even a quote like Mark Twain, he said, if the world came to an end, I yep. would move to Cincinnati because it's always, like, 20 10, years behind. I think it was 10, 10, 20, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it says a lot about Cincinnati, but you know what? Being that Cincinnati is always behind, there's a potential to mm. learn from other major cities mistakes and actually make make progress and like that's what i realized recently like <clears throat> as i look at the the ferguson articles because i've been like reading all of them getting all the perspectives i can from like conservative media liberal media and like everything in between turns out the u.s government has been using cincinnati's uh reformed policing as a model to handle the race issues with policing across the country. Really? Oh, yeah. The Huffington Post just put out, like, an article about it. Like, a very elaborate article about how a lot of the civil rights leaders in Ferguson have been consulting with people in Cincinnati. Because we were the last ones to have the riots. Yeah. Race exactly. riots. Yeah, we had race riots. Yeah, so it's like, it's just weird to me, like, this city that I was, like, always kind of dissing. And I'm a, I'm a resident, you know? Like, this is my home. Yeah, but I, it's I, like it's weird to like see it growing the way it is now, <clears throat> I, and I feel like the artist community like has a lot to get over. But I, I, I honestly, I feel like there's a lot of potential in Cincinnati. I'm not gonna like knock it right now. Like I still, I feel like we're still in flux. We're still in a virtual limbo as far as actually becoming more progressive and catching up with the rest of the United States as well as the rest of the world. But I don't know. I'm, I'm confident. You know what I'm saying? I, I and I, it's like I came into this interview like kind of thinking like, well, you know, I'm gonna tell the real. But given the facts that I've read and what I'm seeing right now through my friends in Cincinnati, especially when a bunch of like my white friends are the ones hitting me up asking me where the peaceful protests are for Ferguson, that shit was just fucking weird to me. Like I ain't gonna even front. Like I wasn't expecting like. No white people to like want to yeah, it's, it's it's weird. Like for me, being in New York, like the ultimate like, metropolis. Yeah, it's it's race is very much on the forefront of New York because people are culturally proud. Like like I know proud Italians, proud yeah. Dominicans, proud whatever, but they all unite under human rights. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Versus Cincinnati, it's very much 
the same racially charged kind of dynamic, but it's very white and black. Yeah. Because the whites know more about their heritage. Like, niggas are just niggas. Like, when I asked my dad what I was, he said, you a nigga. Period. You know Cincinnati is a German town. And in my, yep. <clears throat> one of my ex-girlfriend's uh, uh, buildings that she lived in downtown on 4th Street, at the bottom of the staircase, it's a, a oak staircase, I believe. I think that's the type of wood they use. There are still swastikas carved into the fucking posts to this day. And that tells you a lot about... I always thought it was weird, like... But it's just still fucking there, like... An old-ass building, and it's still swastikas carved into the fucking posts at the bottom of the stairs, regardless of who the residents are. And it tells you a lot about German migration, probably during World War II, as far as what's happened here. And I don't have all the facts... But there are a lot of beautiful things as far as the Civil War is concerned. Uh, what I learned also is that, uh, from what I recall, um, some of the first black Civil War leaders came out of fucking, like happened here in Cincinnati because they needed blacks to organize other blacks in order to fight the South from invading through here. Like, and that's, it's beautiful, but it's like, it's not history that's fucking, like, really advertised. It's yeah, not, yeah. Popular. Not mass consumption <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I need to use the bathroom, mm? and I think I want to cut this because I don't want it to be longer than two cut hours. Cut it. If people are interested, we'll just do another part. So yeah, like like hit up Elias. We got a lot to talk about in general. I'm kind of drunk. Yeah. We should get more drunk. Yeah. I, I, my bad. I, I I bought beer. It's all good. I I I sent a tweet saying we were buying a six pack. So yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, we out. Peace. Yeah. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is. And there you have it. The Ilias episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm sure that you left with a much different image of who I am than you came in with. Possibly of Ilias too. And maybe a little bit of understanding about us as a group while we broke up and while we're still able to be friends and hang out and all that shit if you didn't get any of that if you didn't get anything from this and you just wasted two hours i'm sorry i tried to make it a shorter episode but as you can see we had a lot to talk about and i just like talking to dude man he's, he's fun he's an awesome guy um check him out on the internet he puts up videos and he murders people on his videos and he raps really well um my apartment isn't any cooler the coffee cooled down enough for me to drink it and I now have to get ready for my DJ gig I'm sorry Loki I'm not gonna be able to record the drunk bumper and maybe next week when I have a shorter episode to render and I can do it at 2 in the morning and wake up Monday and set everything to post I'll do it then but in the sake of being expeditious and making sure this episode comes out in a timely fashion I gotta get this shit done tonight because bruh it is not fun rendering two hours of audio and uploading and writing copy and doing all the shit you have to do when you release something alone so yeah I'm gonna go get my crates ready for tonight's pizza party and I'm sorry that I'm not drunk right now I know you guys waited two hours to hear me drunk it's not gonna happen Maybe next week. Yeah.
But yo, follow me on uh, Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, BWN Podcast. Email me those it questions and it. Why can't I talk? I just want to get off now. I want to go fucking do something else. Email me your questions for advice at BWN Podcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, rate, subscribe, review. In that order or however you want to do it. All right, y'all. I'm out. Next week. Peace.